Hey there, everybody. How you doing today? Hope you are having a great day today. It is Thursday. No, it's not Thursday. It's uh, I've done that like 14 times today. I keep thinking it is Thursday. It is only Wednesday. How am I forgetting that? Is it wishful thinking? I don't know. Um, well, welcome to Cooped Up Live, should I say. Um, while we're waiting on folks to join, coopedup.com is my website. You can check that out at any time. I'm Cooped Up is my handle in all the social places. Would love a follow, particularly if you're on the Instagrams. And wherever you watch or listen to this, this is aired on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and then rebroadcast in audio format on all of the major podcasting platforms. Click the bell, subscribe button, whatever it is called on the platform of your choice so that you do not miss a second of the fun. Hey, Mama. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. Um, sorry I missed yesterday. Uh, Mason had a school visit yesterday at Green Hill School, which is a fancy-dancy private school up in uh, North Dallas slash Addison slash Farmer's Branch area. Um, and uh, he went. We had to be there by 8 in the morning. And, of course, it was raining and cold. It took us about 45 minutes to get there. I think that that is the worst it could possibly be, which is, there is some comfort to that. Got there. Um, this is the campus that has peacocks that roam the campus. Um, the peacocks don't like the rain, so they were all huddled uh, with angry looks on their faces at all the doors. Um, and then I had to pick him up at 2 o'clock, actually like 2.30 after he had an interview at the end of it, um, the shadowing. Um, and shadowing, in case you don't know, is when the kid goes and is assigned to another student at the school and then goes to the kid's classes, has lunch, all that kind of stuff. Um, Mason said the lunch was very nice. Uh, he had Asian dumplings and egg rolls and some stuff like that. So, um, hi, Eric. How you doing? My mom is saying she's only hearing every third word. Hopefully that is you, not me, on my end. Uh, report in if you're not hearing this. Can you hear me? Um, <clears throat> but uh, so he had that. But so I then it only took me about 20 minutes to get home which is totally reasonable when I picked him up at 2.30. But uh, I got back and some work stuff had blown up that I had to take care of before the end of the day. So sorry to cancel at the last minute. So, um, hey, you Anita, how you doing? Uh, and Sandy, you doing well? I hope so. Um, it is cold here, by the way. I don't, I don't know if we had another cold front blow through or whatever. It was cold yesterday, but it was wet and cold yesterday. This morning, it was... It was chilly, but it was sunny. And then I, I had a meeting up in Louisville, Texas for the bulk of the day. Had to leave at like 9.30 to get there. And then and then didn't get back in the car to come back until about 2 o'clock. So I've only been around for a little bit. But um, first of all, I cannot... I am just not built for traffic. And I know I'm saying this as I'm looking at sending my kid to Green Hill or Parish or Lake Hill or any of these private schools that are all 20 to 40 minutes away. But the uh, uh, Louisville, that was a whole other thing. That, that is a hard, like, not hard drive. It is, it is a fat, like, you're on the highway going 75 miles an hour, and it takes about 40 minutes to get there. Um, so that is crazy. But the um, I was around the corner from you, Yunita. Did you move? I thought y'all lived in one of the southern suburbs now. Um, I didn't realize that you were, or were you, is that where you work up there? Um, so but anyway, the, um, after 
and actually after uh, the Green Hill visit yesterday, Mason has been obsessed, obsessed with the Bacon King from Burger King. And the Bacon King, if you are not aware of what that is, it is a gargantuan double patty hamburger that has a bunch of strips of bacon on it, cheese, and mayo. And he had it for the first time only like right before Thanksgiving. Because, you know, Burger Kings aren't in nice parts of town. I I was trying to think of like where where we could get one. Because I pick him up and he's like, I want a Bacon King and a a milkshake. And I'm like, fine, you're a growing 13-year-old boy. He's not gaining any weight. So uh, he needs all the stuff he can get. And um, I'm like, where in the world is there a Burger King? And so I did do Burger King near me. And and as I suspected, it was on the edge of a bad part of town. Um, As they are here in Oak Cliff and the design district and all that stuff. But the, um, uh, so we go get it. And this, uh, I don't know if it's inflation. I don't think it is. I think it's just because it's a big burger. The combo meal for a uh, medium drink, medium fries, and the Bacon King is like $12. It's like $11.49 or $11.79, something like that. I was shocked by that. Um, And and again, back to what I was saying, Mason had never even been to a Burger King. I couldn't tell you that until Thanksgiving, we stopped. uh, We were in the RV and we stopped down in Hillsboro, I think, at a truck stop kind of place that had a hamburger, uh, had Burger King built into it. Went there. Kids act like this is the culinary adventure of their lifetime and order it. And he had that, loved it. And then it's just been craving it ever since. Asked for it all the fucking time. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm fine with it. It's not like he doesn't like sodas. Mason does not drink sodas. He does not like carbonated beverages. And that actually is why I think kids these days are fat is because they're drinking sodas and Mocha Chocolata Yaya's from Starbucks and all of that kind of stuff. Um, He's not into that. Mason drinks milk, maybe some apple juice and water. Like those are the main things he drinks and milkshakes. He does like milkshakes, Um, but those are few and far between. And that's the other thing is, do you know how, when, when you really want a milkshake, do you know how hard it is to find one? Uh, McDonald's, I think that McDonald's should have a flag up or some sort of red light that flashes or something on the front of the restaurant whenever their uh, milkshake machine is down so that you don't even try to go there for that. Because so many times we will go specifically to McDonald's so that we can get a milkshake. Uh, and you pull up and you get to the register or, whatever, or the you get to the drive through line and you order it. Sorry, our machine is down. It is like the worst. And what's even worse is when you order it on the app, because I'm a big McDonald's app user. When we do McDonald's, I order on the app so that we can customize it. Don't have to worry about any tech, uh, language barrier. Don't have to worry about them not hearing me. Don't have to worry about them not putting it in right. Like I know it's gone straight into the computer and straight to them. And then you pull up at the drive-thru or the. it's actually faster if you go through the drive-thru and you just tell them the order number versus the pull-up line. I feel like no one wants to work the pull-up line so it's always like the last thing that they want. But you pull up and they're like, sorry, I know you ordered a milkshake. The milkshake machine's down. And then there's this big rigmarole because I used Apple Pay about how to get the money back. And half the time they just give you the cash back, which I'm not terribly upset about that. Um, but y- yesterday we went to, uh, after the Green Hill visit, we went, I found one over by 
Old Valley View Mall across from that nasty ass Chuck E. Cheese that's there. By the way, Valley View is looking rough. I know they're about to tear it down, but it is looking rough. But the um, we're in there and I ordered for him. I just had an unsweetened iced tea. I ordered for him the that and a milkshake and all that kind of stuff. And just for shits and giggles, I decided to pull up my Weight Watchers app because that's what I'm doing right now in case you not been following along and hearing me talk about it every fifth word that I talk about that I've lost so much weight and I'm on Weight Watchers and all that kind of stuff. But the, so I pull up in the Weight Watchers app, the Bacon King, not even the full combo meal or anything, just the Bacon King burger itself to see how many points it would be. If I were to want to splurge and use a bunch of my points on that, how much would that be? I don't do that, by the way. I try to eat really well so I can use my points on wine at night. Um, and I'm very good at it. Like I'm fucking Stephen Hawking at being able to figure out the algorithm that allows me to drink three to four glasses of wine <laughs> throughout the, uh, by, by manipulating my food intake during the day. But the, um, so I pull it up. So I get 33 points a day. That is my thing. And if I exercise, I can earn usually like one or two points back. So let's just say on an average day, I'm allowed to have 35 points for Weight Watchers. Um, and then there's a little, there's like a little slush fund that everyone gets each week. It's about, it's about one day's worth that you can split up throughout the whole week. But my goal is about 35 points a day. And you try to get as close to the goal as possible. Cause if you get too far under it, they actually get mad at the app chastises you that you're fucking up the diet or something. So anyway, so I pull up this, the Weight Watchers app for the Bacon King and take a wild guess. And there is a 20 second delay, but by the way, between I time I say the words and you hear them, but take a guess and put it in the comments on how many points that Weight Watchers is assigned to the Bacon King. And the way the points are, so there's no points for vegetables, there's no points for fruits, there's no points for uh, lean proteins, anything like that. The points are fatty meats, dairy, uh, bread, all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> the... Um, <clears throat> So basically a bacon, mayonnaise, oils, oils have a lot of points too. So like a lot of times, like today for lunch, I had a tossed salad with salmon and the vinaigrette is what had the points in it. Right. And so I had, I made like three points at lunch for that. So, okay. So y'all are guessing Kit is guessing 35 points. My mother is guessing 53 points and Eric is guessing 25 points. I'll tell you, my mother is the closest. So, it was 47 points, I believe, uh, for this one burger. And this includes nothing to drink with it, That if, if it has calories, which unsweetened iced tea does not. It included no French fries. It included no ketchup, because ketchup does, because there's sugar in it. Um, so it was like 47 points. So on a scale of 0 to 35, I would have used up 47 points if I ate that. You need to, I get 35 points a day. Um, plus a little slush fund that I can use uh, throughout the weeks for things. Because it's not a restrictive diet at all. I actually find Weight Watchers to be tremendously, like, if you want to eat it, fucking eat it. Just have to account for the points and just sacrifice elsewhere or just know that you're going to be over and it's not going to be successful. But you see why. It's, there's no trickery to it at all. It is just basic, basic common sense. Lean proteins, fruits and vegetables, and... Uh, beans things like that good for you 
not terrible. Um, so anyway, so there's no way I could have had, like I would have spent all, if, and then had, I mean, if you're gonna have the bacon king, you might as well have the French fries with it. You might as well have a soda with it or something like that. So I would have spent like three days, two to three days worth of points if I had a, com a bacon king combo meal. Blows my, sometimes it blows my mind, like the things that I might have eaten before that I don't now. Um, same with Starbucks the other day. I know I talked about this the other day, but Claire and I went to Barnes and Noble and uh, we stopped at Starbucks on the way and I ordered a grande nonfat chai tea latte. So it had nonfat milk in it. I'm being healthy. Uh, and grande, that's like the medium size, right? Uh, so that, and then the bacon Gouda sandwich. So it's, it's ciabatta egg, which egg has zero points. Um, a little piece of bacon or two. It's a little bit of cheese and it's on this ciabatta thing. So I thought, okay, this can't be that bad. I mean, I know it's kind of a splurge, but it can't be that bad. Fucking hey, that was like 27 points. Like I almost blew all, all of my points on that. Um, Brandon is like, oh, you're off. It tastes like paper Octavia diet. Yes. So I, so I am a big fan of the results. And by the way, Brandon and his uh, friend, coworker, boss, whatever, Christine, are the reason I did the Octavia diet in the first place. Saw them, great results, got on it, loved the results part of it. The food is terrible. The diet is unsustainable. Everything is super processed. Todd calls the food, Todd tried to do it for about a week and quit. He calls it paper pretending to be food. The only thing I can eat from the Octavia diet, like on a regular basis, like I still have some and I eat them. I like the bars and I like the smoothies. Everything else I'm like, nope, not having it anymore. So I hit my goal. I dropped 30 pounds. I needed to get down. I went from about 230 to 200. And now I just want to lose about five points and then kind of sustain. So I switched back over to Weight Watchers, which I love. But I needed just a kick in the pants. I needed a rapid weight loss. And so for that, I do credit Octavia as being fantastic. But um, I like Weight Watchers better. And it's easier and it's in an app. And uh, you don't have to eat every two hours. Um, so, but anyway... Just it surprises me. Like I would have not thought that eat. I, like I would have thought. Like back to the Starbucks thing. I would have thought that that bacon gouda sandwich and the chai tea latte. I would have thought there was more than an average number of points in it. Like like it was not uh, not great. But I would not have put it at almost my entire daily intake. Like I and so it makes me think. Like if I had that in the morning and then I would have had lunch. And of course, I got to wine at night, you know, all of these kinds of things. Uh, no wonder I was gaining so much fucking weight. Um, so thank you, Unita. Um, anyway, the other thing I wanted to talk about today, and I was waiting to kind of talk about this until we got more viewers. Can y'all help me understand this classified document situation that is going on in the high levels of the United States government? And at this point, it is both parties. So this is not political in the sense of whatever. I mean, I do believe that different people are reacting differently to it. I do believe that Trump deserved to get his house raided because he knew he had them. They knew he had him them and he was not giving them up willingly, all of that kind of stuff. So I do believe that that is truth. That, that, and he lives at a fucking hotel. So people coming and going and all that kind of stuff. The, so I do believe that that was a valid raid. Now, then, you know, Biden comes forward and says, oh, we found some. He volunteered that they found some. 
And because they just did the search, they found him, gave him over, and now he's under investigation for this thing. And then Pence, the former vice president, comes forward just, was it yesterday, the day before yesterday? And, and it's like, hey, we did a search of my place and we found some too, right? Um, and, you know, I bet the, the heads at like Fox News were exploding and the heads at MSNBC were exploding because I feel like everyone thought that this was like the Democrats at first thought, ah, Trump, you know, he's a criminal and see, he is a criminal. He did this criminal thing. And then when Biden got busted for it, all the Trumpeters were like, see, he's a criminal too. They're everyone's, I mean, and it's just what happens. You know, it's an accident, that kind of thing. You know, I think the quantity of them was very different. The behavior in response to them was different, but we're not going to split hairs on that. The, um, and then Pence coming forward and volunteering them, um, and to me, Pence seems like the most like rules following person ever. Like, I don't necessarily like him, but I would think if he were given a set of rules to follow, and even if he disagreed with them, that that's the guy that you want enforcing the rules. Because he seems like he's very much a rules follower. Um, Michelle right now is like, oh, you better not, Obama. Yes, I know. That's, I'm like, how far back are we going to go? Do you think... Do you think right now every former president and vice president and anyone actually who may have access to classified documents is now like, holy shit, need to get an attorney to go through all my stuff. And uh, yeah, so um, Blake is saying something as simple as a travel itinerary is a classified document. So it, it depends on what the intel is. Yeah, but classified, I mean, it is marked clearly. None of these things are classified where they were just like, Oh, here's the itinerary laying out. They're in a folder that says classified. Everything, because here's the thing, like on the Pence documents, they don't even know what was in them. The, the, the people who came, the FBI, who came and got them and all that stuff, they were asked what's in them. They're like, I don't know, it's classified. We didn't look at it. We just know that the folder says classified. It could be an empty folder for all they knew, right? Um, but they... Uh, 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 and you need to say, they absolutely know what they're doing. It's We have all the stuff from our old employer, and it's all about the cover-up. Biden, Pence were forthcoming. I would say that the papers were an oversight. Yeah. But here's my further thought on that. So both sides are pissed right now. You know, they're like, oh, we got it. And then now everyone's like, oh, everyone's doing it. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. But I want to know a couple of things. <clears throat> Who packed the boxes that these classified folders were in? Because none of these, I don't see Trump and I don't see Pence and I don't see Biden packing their own boxes when it's time to go. And we also all know the speed at which they have to turn over the presidency. He's president until the minute that the, the new oath of office comes in. So they've started packing up some, but supposedly there's like a six hour window where they clear out, right? Old one goes, the new one comes in. The Who is packing those boxes, first of all? And does that person have classified records clearance? Because that's the thing. If, if these things are all marked as classified and they're packing these boxes, how do they not see it? Sorry, I'm rubbing my nose so much. I have allergies today or something. It's not COVID, hopefully. So I need to go see Adele next weekend uh, or in two weeks, in two weeks. But the, um, so if I'm gonna get COVID, actually I want it now so that I'm over it by the time we gotta, we're flying out to see Adele. But um the 
my whole thing is on that is the uh, and Blake is saying Pence had to run and <laughs> run for his life. Um, like who's packing these boxes and what level of clearance do those people have? And how did they not notice that this is the case? And then bigger question for me is how does the government not know that the classified records are missing in the first place? Is there not a system to catalog these things? Is there not a checkout check-in process? Is there an unlimited number of folders, for example, even just something as simple as a, a folder, right? It's got my uh, stuff for my taxes for this year in it. Because, you know, if it's going to be taxes, might as well make it pretty. But the, and that's where I put my W-2s, I-9s, all that kind of stuff in it. But so is there just a fine, is, is there an infinite number of folders that are marked classified? I can't imagine. I would think that they would be, they ordered 50,000, got to check them out. They don't show back up. Then there's a question. Like, that's what I want to know. How how are these things not known? Like, how is it? And Eric is like, I'm not sure there's any formal process. Exactly. So that's, I just don't get that. That That is boggling my mind, how easy it is to do this. And also, furthermore, these people packing the boxes and such, I'm sure a lot of them are temporary workers. I can't imagine that there's just a, a team employed 100% of the time. That feels like the perfect time for like a, a Manchurian candidate kind of thing that maybe not Manchurian candidate, but like a, a, an insider, like you go work for the moving company that the white house hires to pack up the former president's shit and move it on. But I don't think, I think that this is, it needs to be a show and shred system. I agree. I think though that we're about to see more people. I bet Obama there's something with that because aren't they working on his presidential library right now? Um, and then, you know, the Clintons, I bet that there's shit on them. Who else is alive? W, the Clintons, <laughs> Bill Clinton, uh, 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 Obama. I'm like, God, I can't think of any of these people. And then all their vice presidents too, right? Um, I just, I'm like, I bet this is going to go down as like, oh shit. And then also, how is it like in Biden's thing, just sitting next to his, his, uh, Corvette. And I feel like he was way too excited to tell us about his Corvette and it's, it's in a locked garage. Oh, because garages have never been broken into before. Um, anyway, so that's what, I just don't understand all of that. By the way, is there a Trump presidential library in the works? Like, I feel like all the presidents already know where their presidential library is going to be by the time they leave office. Granted, he didn't realize he was going to leave office and still doesn't believe he should have left office. So maybe that's part of it. He doesn't, part of his lack of concession is uh, he's not going to say that he has a presidential library in the works. My guess is that it'll be in Mar-a-Lago or somewhere like that. Um, uh Eric and, uh, <laughs> yes, Eric is saying, I'm sure that Jimmy Carter and Rosalind, I actually forgot that he was, I mean, I didn't forget he was still alive, but just, you know, when there's some presidents that have died in the in-between, uh, have no top secret documents uh, in Plains, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I also, he's another person. I think, I think like if we needed, if we needed to have like a rules committee, I would put, I would put uh, Mike Pence on it and I would put Jimmy Carter on it 
because I feel like both of them have a deep respect for the rule of law and the rules and why they exist and the intention behind them and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm no huge Pence fan. I just think, again, like I said, uh, uh, a Trump library, that's an oxymoron. I know. Well, the reality is, I mean, they don't, the Bush Center is not, it's not the Bush Presidential Library. It's the Bush Presidential Center. It doesn't have the word library in it. I don't know if the Obamas, uh, if, if Barack's is going to have Barack, like I know him, uh, President Obama's is going to be a library or whatever. But the the Bush Center, which is very nicely done, and I love having lunch there. They have a great, great restaurant there. I've lunched there maybe once a quarter, Dif different people. Usually it's SMU related. It's a good meeting spot, though. But the, um, and the power people in there, like, hey, that's a place where you want to, if you want to see some people having some power lunches, you'll see some people there having power lunches. And again, it's usually SMU related, SMU people. But the, uh, I don't feel like, is there like a, is there a bunch of records there or not? Because I feel like it is a, and, and that's, I mean, if I'm going to be truthful, that's the only one I've been to. I've technically been to the Clinton Presidential Library, but I've only been there for lunch. We were driving through on the way to, uh, where were we stopping that? Oh, we were stopping in Memphis that night from here, or no, more or less from here to, to Memphis. And we stopped for lunch there on the way. Um, and had, it's like 43, I think is the name of the restaurant, 42, whatever, whatever number he was. Fantastic restaurant also. But the, uh, Eric, I think you were just there actually. Um, but the, uh, if all of them are similar to the Bush Presidential Center, it feels like it's more just a Disney ride through the points of their presidency that they want to focus on. Like I felt, I feel like the George Bush, George W. Bush one is it, it, uh, it's very 9-11-y, which I get. That's a big thing. It's, it's very Africa-y. Like there's a lot of stuff about it. And then, like, you know, like the Lehman's meltdown and all that stuff. Was that under him? Yeah, that sounds right. The financial meltdown, the Great Recession, all that kind of stuff. That is like a single kiosk, like a little a little window <coughs> with like one piece of paper that said shit went down. And that's all that is. Uh, uh, and it's like sandwiched between uh, Africa and 9-11. Um, of course, they wouldn't want to focus on that. But um, and then there's always the. The first lady's wardrobes, which is fun. And then um, uh, the Oval Office. Do all of them have a mock Oval Office? Um, I like that a lot. And that you could sit at the Resolute Desk replica and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Eric 100% agrees with me about Pence and Carter. Like, I just think that they are trustworthy people. Like, just generally trustworthy people. I may not agree with everything that both of them believe in, but I do believe that they are... Um, Aaron says Carter's got a top secret file about looking to Hitler. Seems like a bad guy. <laughs> uh, yes. Hillary hosted dinner for at 42 for about 40 of us when we were up there in early. It was good. Yeah, I like it. It's a cute place too. It's really pretty. Um, but the uh, so anyway, I don't know if there's been anything with Trump. You know, and I'm gonna be honest, Trump missed the boat on the fundraising for it too. I mean, I guess there's still a lot of people who want to give him money. But I feel like a lot of the big donors have said, you know what, let's just move on. Maybe that's a way like he can get the money by saying, I'm moving on. 
we'll see. Um, anyway, and um, <clears throat> the only other thing I had, I wanted to tell you all about an event that is coming up here in Dallas that sounds like a lot of fun. I had every intention of going and being part of it, maybe even forming a team, but um, we're going out of town. We're going to see my new nephew, little baby Adler, out in Pasadena, California the weekend. But as part of Oak Cliff Mardi Gras, Mar uh, Oak Cliff down here has a fabulous Mardi Gras parade. It's a lot of fun. It's um, Sunday before President's Day this year. So it's Sunday the 17th, 18th, something like that. And Dash for the Beads is a 5K run that also happens that same weekend. In this case, it's happening that morning up. They're adding a new fun element to it. You know, there are like two gay areas of Dallas. It's Oak Lawn and Oak Cliff. And Oak Cliff is where we are. The, they have added, they're adding a high heel dash as part of it where you enter to win. You have to wear at least two inch heels. And then the competition is, I believe it's like 50 yards. Like it's like a 50 yard dash in heels. They have to be at least two inches tall and they give prizes. And I feel like now I've talked about this already, but anyway, just, uh, Go to dashforthebeads.org, I believe, is the website. If you want to hear all about this, it, it, it's helping Black Tie Dinner and Dash for the Beads, which helps fund schools in our community, by the way. Um, but I wanted to go. I was going to wear a costume. I was going to be in heels. I was going to be a ridiculous, ridiculous spectacle of a person. Unfortunately, we're out of town. Um, but if you can make it, even if you just go to watch, I think it sounds so, so hilarious. Um, I want to know though, you know, here, here was my thought process on that. I was like, if I'm going to do it, uh, one, where do I buy shoes? I'm a size 10 and a half men's. I've always heard that drag Queens, a lot of them go to pay less because <clears throat> they have a very large selection of, um, shoes for large footed women. Cause I guess a lot of, uh, black women, I guess, uh, have large feet. And a lot of those payless are located in historically uh, minority neighborhoods. And so, God, that was like a dance getting around that without sounding like I was saying something racist. <laughs> you know my intentions. But the, uh, so I was thinking about that. So first of all, where do I source these shoes? Um, and then uh, they don't need to be expensive because they're going to get beaten up. But then, uh, uh Brandon is saying, oh, my God, sign me a base set. Where do I find a size 15 in heels? Yeah, I don't even know the conversion of what's a 10 and a half, 11 in, uh, from men's shoes to women's shoes. Um, uh, Eric, yes, it was today's story on He Said Dallas. He said Dallas.com, y'all. You can read all about it there. Um, Brandon, that's the answer. Uh, he said Dallas.com is where you can read about it. Um, but the, uh, and then my other thing is, how do I keep from breaking a fucking ankle? Like that's that would be my luck. I've never broken a bone in my life, um, but I would enter this ridiculous spectacle of a race. First of all, I don't run anyway. I walk rapidly, but I do not run. But so entering this contest, running in high heels, I'm gonna turn an ankle. That, that's that's what's gonna happen. So I would have to wear like braces or something on my ankles to do it. So. Um, there was a Payless on Maple up by Ojeda's. I think that it's been gone for years. I believe there's one in Winwood Village down here by me. 
And then I know there's a pay less over, I believe, over by the Sam's just north of left field also. Add two to a men's size to get the women's size. Oh, so I'm like a 12 and a half, 13. Does that sound right? Um, anyway, wow. Man, Brandon, you got a big-ass foot. If you're on a 15, good for you, girl. Good for you. Um, <clears throat> Sandy's, who is a woman, by the way, says, I'd break an ankle wearing the tennis shoes. Yes. And they, and they have a rule that it has to be at least two-inch heels. And you know bitches, uh, the, the gay bitches who are running this thing, are going, they're going to be out there with measuring tapes. No kitten heels, no little... No uh, ballerina flats with a little extra oomph. It's got to be so. Mm -hmm, yeah, Brandon. Uh huh. I wouldn't know that does not apply to me. <laughs> anyway, my mother is watching y'all. I uh, I always say that, but then it's like, do I really care? Um, alrighty. Well, with the, I've nothing else. If you have anything, put it in the comments. I am going to. Vamp for a moment. Brandon is saying, yeah, people with big feet wear big socks. That is true. Um, I don't see that I've missed anything. So, all righty then. I'm going to go. I do not know if I will be here tomorrow. I have a commitment from three to four tomorrow. And it may be, it, it, it involves a drink or two. So, actually, if I come live, it may be a really fun day to watch. But we will see if I can make it by... Uh, uh, hi, Brandon. My name is Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, you're a mess. Uh, oh, this sweater. Thank you. This is a sweater that I've only been able to wear since I lost weight because it was doing this before that. And it was so tight, you could see the shirt underneath it. So now that it's a little looser, um, I love it. I got it for my birthday, I think last year. Like, not this past birthday. And I just haven't been able to wear it. So, Alrighty, well, I'll see you later. I love you. It's important. I know you are loved. I love that you watched this. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great Wednesday, even though I've been thinking it's Thursday all day. Stay warm. Stay safe. Don't shoot yourself to death. And I'll see you next time on Cooped Up. Should I say, talk to you later. Bye.